usually don't record the patrons only first. Usually we record it after. So <sighs> we'll just we'll just. I mean, I think we 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 should just record, and as people come, we will incorporate them. But we got an hour and a half yet. Yep, we're gonna do it. We're gonna knock this baby out. Maybe not in a sexy way. <laughs> That's little little uh, BDSM. Oh no no. We're going to strap this episode to the bed. No, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. You and Adria are often the two co-conspirators wanting to talk about sexy times on the podcast. Um, we, we do like the sexy times. Yeah, she, she's not here at the moment. She'll be here for the for the regular episode. But uh, we're just—I mean—we're just sexually liberated Quakers. It makes sense. Yeah. Do you? Is there like a particular aspect of this of our you know society's uh, <laughs> unfortunate perseveration on sex that like that particularly intrigues you that makes you want to talk about it? What gets you going, Micah? Mm. about sex and religion and politics. Well, uh, to go on a completely random tangent, um, I was just, uh, I'm a big fan of Marie Kondo, who's like a Japanese tidying expert. And she was uh, a, um, I think the word for it in Japanese is miko, which is a a, uh, a temple maiden at a Shinto temple, which apparently is a really common thing in Japan, like college students. Um, will often be like, it'll be like a, a, a part-time job during college to be a temple maiden. Um, it's basically just being an attendant at the temple. But I was reading about the Miko, the, te- the temple maidens, and like it used to be like a real, like legit shaman job that was like, you know, you need to be a little bit crazy and like hallucinating and stuff <laughs> to do this job. Um, and anyway, so like I kept reading about like, you know, Shinto and it's, and I, and, and I learned that, um, up until the Meiji Restoration in Japan, um, Shinto temples often involved cultic prostitution. Oh, my. Seen sacred, sacred prostitution. And then that reminded me that, you know, most sort of what you'd think of as like classical religions, like, you know, ancient Greco-Roman religion and plenty of other religions. Like you read the Bible, tons of the religions around Israel in the Old Testament, totally into cult prostitution. Like prostitution as a part of religious practice, big deal um and so that's pretty random but you said sex and religion it's like well they can go together um explicitly um so there's that Uh i think i think we i think we in 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 the crumbling ruins of western christendom tend to think of sex and religion as not combining but in fact for most of human history i think sex and religion went together quite well Uh uh Well, yeah, I think in the, the crumbling ruins of Western Christendom, we've set up um, kind of a false dichotomy between sex and religion that we that both, you know, that that <laughs> both sides enjoy playing into. You know, it seems that Christians, even you know, Christians with whom I agree on matters of sexual morality, uh, seem to take way too much time and pleasure in telling people what not to do. And, uh, and people, it's, it's, it's their kink. Yeah. It sometimes seems like it, like even, even when I agree with people, I'm like, why, like what, why, like why, why is this your priority? And then, and then Mm. similarly on, on the opposing side, even, I mean, I tend to disagree with many secular folks about, 
you know, the role of sexuality in our lives. But, you know, they they often also seem to become the worst possible caricatures of themselves, I guess is what, what I'm getting at. And I don't, it's, perhaps it's just part of the endless polarization of our public life, but. It, it yeah. sort of makes sense though, right? Because um, I have observed, and I think many others have observed that um, there's this idea that our society is secularizing, meaning that the society is becoming not, religious mm-hmm. when in fact that's i think if you're paying attention and you understand what religion is that's clearly not true it's that we have things that are called secular that in fact are aspects of religion and that so for example like liberal protestantism now mostly isn't religious mm-hmm. quote unquote mostly liberal protestantism is mostly subsumed into movements like um the new atheism mm-hmm. or uh, or 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 uh, other other you know positivistic uh, uh, adoration of technology, um, all sorts of things. But um, uh, sort of a, a vague secular ideology of like you know love wins, and we really like Martin Luther King Jr. as our prophet. But let's not let's not talk about his Christianity that sort of thing. Um, but like the the parts of religion that you would consider sort of the 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 liberal side of religion. Um, that you would have seen like in the 60s, liberal Protestantism was muscular in, in like 1960. Um, and since then, it's pretty much just, it's pretty much vanished. It's not much of a, a cultural force at this point. Um, and it's not, it's not that that stream vanished. It's that it's no longer called Christianity, but it still is. It, it's serious thinkers from within those streams would admit that they are post-Christian in that they have, they've taken liberal Protestantism essentially and continued in that in that trajectory just in a non-Christian path. Mm. But it's a post-Christian path, right? Mm-hmm. And so I guess where I'm going with all this, uh, where I wanted to end up with, with this rather windy tangent, is that <laughs> where we're at now, you I think. wanted to end up? Did you? No, no, and I, and I, and I still have my eye on the prize here. I know okay, where I'm going. Good. Okay, good. Um, but, but so where we've ended up at this point is that uh, you've got the folks who— Many, many, not, this is obviously not everybody, but many, many of the folks who still consider themselves religious and would wear that as a pin on their lapel. These would are the people. Would you wear that as a pin on your lapel? Really? That seems tacky. Go on. Go on. Many, m- many, many. And I, I'm obviously, I'm. we are both some of these people. So it, I don't think this applies to me, but the. A majority of these people who would who would identify as as religious and would be comfortable, you know, mentioning that they're, you know, say an evangelical Christian on the street or in a casual conversation, most of these people are what seventy five years ago would have classified as conservative or uh, traditionalist or right wing religious people, right? But there was this other, this whole other camp that also considered themselves religious and they had a very different perspective. That's where you get the Jesus seminar from that basically like thinks the Bible is, is mostly not accurate, right? And that you can like p- tease it apart and find the actual truth in it, but most of it's just sort of chaff. Mm. Um, so like, and, and there's plenty, of, there's plenty of like non-theist Christianity, like in the 50s and 60s. And like, this was all considered Christianity, right? This was all in the conversation. And now most of the people who actually identify in public as Christians, at least until very recently, have been folks who are on the right on the right wing. Um, but it, the conversation has continued. And where this relates to sex is I think there's always been a tension within human culture, within life, within humanity, between, and especially within Christianity, between uh, 
the folks who want to are basically are basically Gnostic or, or, or docetic in that they want to deny the flesh. They want to say the material reality is bad and that what's real is the spirit and the, the material is not real. The material is an illusion. The material is bad. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, there are folks who want to really embrace the material to the almost to the exclusion of the spiritual. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that our our modern debates on sexuality are rooted in this fundamental uh, tension in humanity in general, and especially in the Christian tradition, that Christianity uh, sees orthodox, orthodox Catholic Christianity sees humanity as made in the image of God and the material becomes sacred and the material and the spiritual are uh, a hypostatic union and you can't just break them apart and take one or the other. They come together and both the body and the spirit are sacred and have and 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 uh, cannot be discarded. And but the, but but in this tension, there there you know some of us are are leaning more towards the spirit and some of us are leaning more towards the material. Um, and heretics say no, it's just the spirit, or no, it's just the body. And the heresies it, with regards to sexuality and plenty of other things today, some of the heresies of our time are. Um, sex is bad. Mm. Uh, it's just about the spirit. You know, we shouldn't even be having sex, really. Um, or sex, sex is all. Sex is great, and we should do whatever we want with our bodies because all that matters is the material. Um, when you know the the tension that we hold historically and hopefully still at present as the church is that no, sex is great. Also, uh, the spirit limits how we use sex. So there, 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 there's a tension between the spiritual and the, and the material. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, it's hopeful in that um, I think a lot of, a lot of uh, let's say, OG religious people, because I don't consider myself a right winger in the church. I'm, I, I'm, somewhere, I'm somewhere in the very broad middle that constitutes 80% of the faith. Um, but as an OG Christian, we're like, I still really identify with like, you know, where the church was, you know, in the last 2000 years, as opposed to this weird situation we've got now. Um, it's hopeful to, to realize that the church today is still having the conversation, even if a lot of the church doesn't realize it's the church. What do you mean? I, I'm, I lost you at the church not realizing that it's the church. People who quote Martin Luther King and talk about how love wins. I don't care if they're atheists. They're having a church conversation. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if I. I, I, I see well, what least, you're saying, at, but at, at least, at least, as much as you know, Calvinists are having a Christian conversation. Uh, I don't know if I'm buying that. I think once you've divorced it from so much of the frame, like the the moral framework, it, it's it no longer is really recognizably Christian. It's just kind of using the like the trappings of a former Christian uh, uh, morality to dress up secular secularism a bit. But that, but I mean, that was true. That 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 was why Quakers. That was why Puritans broke off from the Anglicans and and Quakers broke off from the Puritans. It was the same dynamic as basically saying, look. You're you, you're using all these forms, but you've you've lost the power. Um, you've you've diverged from the actual heart of the tradition. Um, so I'm and I'm I'm not. I I agree with you, Rosemary. That like this, like what what we're experiencing now is like an extreme uh, uh, 
an ex- an, an extremity. Uh, but but I do think but I do think ultimately like people haven't changed that much. I guess it's the comforting part for me. Like people have not changed that much, and the debates we are having now in many ways are the same debates that we were having 500 years ago. Mm, sort of. Uh, what I find interesting now is um, the use of consent as sort of the as as almost the only the only metric by which to judge the morality of a sexual act. Um, I mean, I think that's. But sorry, go on. But was was it was it Douthat? Was it was it was it his article where he was basically saying that's not true and liberals know it if they're honest with themselves because. Uh, you know, in well, this is the article, right, where he talks about how in the 60s, um, sexual libertinism went to a real extreme that almost no one would own now, um, including he gives the extremely extreme example of in Germany in the 60s, uh, there were programs that were explicitly and knowingly putting ch- foster children with foster parents who were pedophiles with the idea that sex between adults and children could be great. Um, and I think we have since... Even even very liberal people, I think, since the '60s have pulled back from that and would 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 uh, recoil with horror from that. But that's how extreme things got in some places, right? Right. That it that is. Although I would, I think most people pull back from that by saying that children can't consent. Um, it's so it's interesting because consent has become the only metric. But then well, where that runs into difficulty. We find people like saying, "Well, it's almost like a like no true Scotsman consent, like uh, like right. like, like re- relationships yeah. between professors and students, even though everybody is on the surface consenting, can't actually be consensual because of power dynamics or right. like yeah, you know, relate." Um, so the 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 so this one metric is used in all sorts of ways that I don't think consent really sums up hmm oh, i'm not the best at talking about this um i think you're on the right track though because and i and i think i think again it's it's sort of hopeful to me in that there's a lot of bs about consent but i think intellectually honest liberals have to admit that we're not really talking about consent at this point aren't we what are what, what we're not we're, we're not right we're not because like i've been an 18 year old in college and i know that i could have consented to sex with a professor i absolutely could have and that would have been real consent but 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 i also think it's great to say we don't allow sex between professors and their students sure right? i mean like yes and so and so do most liberals at this point <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think most people think that that's a defect in consent. It's not actually, or that that you know, you know, in the teacher-student example, I think most people would argue not that that proves that consent isn't an adequate metric. It just proves that um, you know, consent isn't isn't as simple as just um, yes being yes and no being no. Um, I mean, I, I would obviously come down on the side of uh consent is is not is not an adequate metric like mm-hmm. other metrics or, or other other guidelines are required um on the other hand i don't have any particularly good ethical justification um for my 
Like, like there's not, there's not like a principle. There's not like a, like a moral principle that I can pull on to say sex outside of marriage is wrong other than my like religious belief that that is true. Well, you don't, I mean, and this is something, I mean, I know in the Roman Catholic church, there's a very strong emphasis on having a, 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 a logical and a causal logical chain to be able to say, and this is really why we believe this, but I don't. Ultimately, I think that breaks down, and I think it's enough to say, God said so. <laughs> God said so, and our community continues to obey. Well, there is a theology of the body that if I dove into it, I think I would understand better. And in fact, I, I should. Uh, and that way, the next time we have this conversation, I can bring more to it than, I just don't know. Um, no, but there, there is, there, there is a reason for it and it's rooted in natural law. And the, um, idea is that, um, all, all pleasures are ordered to an end and the end of sexual pleasure is, um, is like a bonding. They're basically two is like that, that bonding between two individuals and also, um, the creation of children. Um, and you should not have sex that's not, that does not serve both of those things at once, basically, is the Catholic. Well, I would, well, I would agree with that, except, except as you know, for the part about both of them. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I, I think, I think, I think the bonding is essential, and the reproduction is often good, um, but not essential. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's it's obviously it's obviously a a, a a an obvious and essential undertone to the act, regardless of when it happens, but. I don't think I don't think you need to be looking to get pregnant in order to have legitimate sex. Right. Well, you, uh, I in don't, the Christian in the Christian tradition, you don't have to be looking to get pregnant, and you know, in Catholicism either, in order to have like morally illicit sex. You just need to like be accepting that that is one possible outcome, and not being uh, immediately trying to th- and not trying to thwart it. Um, basically, but you don't have to. What? Well, and, and again, I, I would say I, I'm almost in agreement with you and with the Catholic position, except I would say you do have to be open to it because birth control fails. Right. 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 And, I don't, and so like yeah. it's, it's always a possibility, uh, at least if you're if you're premenopausal. Um, but uh, I would but I would but I would say, of course, that uh, that uh, attempting to thwart uh, pregnancy is, is 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 illicit in many cases. Right. But so it's interesting. I wonder how exactly. So, well, actually, wow, I can't speak. Um, One thing that's very interesting to me about the conversation is the point at which that connection between like sex and reproduction became utterly lost, because I think that's done a lot of damage to the way we see sexuality. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Like we can, you know, I think Christians can and do reasonably differ on the degree that one must be open to life upon like each sexual act. Um, mm-hmm. Catholics can't disagree amongst ourselves. There's very strict teaching on that. But anyway, Christians, however, can have a range of like positions within within Christianity. But I think all Christians have to agree that... Uh, we wouldn't want to give up the range of positions we've got. <laughs> but I do think all Christians... Um, should I, I I think like a bare minimum Christian position should be that nobody should have sex knowing that they would like have an abortion um, if if they can, if that act conceived a child. Um, yep. Like I just and, think that's absolutely yep. unacceptable um, for any Christian, like regardless of that that Christian's position on contraception. I think no Christian should be having sex, you know, 
should be giving their consent to the sexual act if they absolutely would be unwilling um, to raise a resulting child. Um, yeah, and I and, wonder and I, how that I, got so totally lost because I think even that is extremely, extremely controversial. If I said that in like liberal Christian circles, sure. Um, well, the reason it got lost is because we like to do what we like to do and we like to be in control. And I think that the what we think of as being the sexual revolution in terms of the really radical parts of the sexual revolution of you know, do whatever you want would be drastically curtailed. If we as a society had a, had a moral commitment to, hey, okay, use birth control, you know, try to plan your pregnancy, et cetera, et cetera. But if for some reason you get pregnant, you got to take responsibility as a moral as a moral um, as a moral duty. Uh, I think you know that certainly impacted my sexual behavior mm-hmm. before I was married, um, and I think it should I think it should impact any Christian sexual behavior that like you know uh, if if the birth control fails. You, we really don't have recourse to abortion as a as a morally acceptable form of backstop. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, and I think that you're correct that the reason that it fell apart is that just we want to do what we want to do. I don't like looking back over that history. I wonder where the church could have acted more strongly and didn't. Like, I wonder what all of the the stops were along the way that allowed it to become so totally divorced, um, like you know, sexuality and and reproduction. I I think that I think that uh, if you, if you look in, in in retrospect, it's easy to say what the church should have done. But at the time, I think the church spent a lot of time. Um, I think I think we, I think human beings, institutions. And traditions tend to spend a lot of time de- sort of defending the whole edifice without distinguishing very well between essential and accidental. Um, and I think I think uh, the church has spent a lot of time trying to stop social change in ways that have been too broad brushed and haven't focused on what's really important. And so lose because you can't stop the tide, right? But you can channel the tide.